Welcome back to another episode of Big Sky Big Takes, a joint production of Big Sky Podcast Network and the Montana Mint. I'm filling in for Bear Tycoon today because he's still out there celebrating big Montana W over the Washington Huskies this weekend. Uh, And you'll notice that along with our entire set of panelists, that seems to be a theme across the Montana fan base. Still fighting over some uh, three-day weekend long hangovers. But joining me today, we have Kyler Neal of Eagles Power Hour. How are you, Kyler? I'm good, man. Just excited for football. We have Hot Take Nate of the Montana Mint Sports Pod. And we've got Montana Parlay, also of the Montana Mint Sports Pod. And I'm your host, Chris Hammond of the Tubs at the Club podcast. Huge week for the FCS. Even bigger week for the Big Sky. Let's get into segment one, Around the League. First question for you guys. You know, they say that FBS wins count as one and a half points towards a playoff resume. Did Eastern Washington, UC Davis, and Montana almost guarantee a playoff spot this year? Kyler? Um, I mean, yes and no. I would say Montana and UC Davis most likely. You know, they only play Eastern Washington and Montana State for Montana, and then UC Davis only plays Weber in Eastern Washington. Then you look at their out-of-conference schedule, it looks like they should win. So if they each go even 6-2 and in conference, most likely that just solidified a playoff spot. Eastern Washington, on the other hand, man, they they got a tougher conference schedule. They're playing pretty much all of the other top four teams in the big sky outside of them. So they did not guarantee any type of playoff spot. They got to at least win a few games. Um, But I think the other two, yeah, it's almost a lock. Parlay? I say you can't guarantee anything after a first game. But looking at their perennial easy schedule, the Grizz probably did lock up a playoff spot unless they just completely choked down the stretch. I mean, that was impressive. Got to give them that. So – Looking at the schedule, the Grizz should be shoe-ins for the playoffs. What about you, Nate? I have to agree that uh, the Grizz are basically in. I mean, with their name and with how everybody looks at them, they usually are – they're on the bubble. They're going to get it anyway. The NCAA knows who makes the most money with home games that first uh, weekend. So regardless of this win or not, you always have to assume the Grizz are going to get in. Uh, it's based on the playoff committee uh, and their name. But for, you know – all things considered, all three of these teams made huge, huge statements. Uh, the Grizz, I just don't see any of these three teams. If any, if, if these games are any indication, I don't see any of these three teams struggling too much throughout this year. I think they're right now the top three uh, in the big sky. So like Parlay said, anything can happen. But I think these three teams showing uh, what they did in week one, I mean, they're, they're our favorites for the top three for the rest of the season until proven otherwise, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, so bringing up kind of the the bottom dwellers here in the Big Sky Conference, who in like the bottom seven? I think most people consider basically obviously those three teams that won, and then also Montana State and Weber is kind of, the, you know, your top six there, uh, top five or six. Who in the bottom seven of the conference had the most meaningful or impressive result? Parlay? Well, again, it's hard to tell exactly who's in the bottom seven. I think you've got a pretty good grasp of it. But, uh, you know, from a gambling perspective, I'll take it there that, you know, Portland State going across the ocean to face Hawaii and easily covering the spread, only losing by 14. I mean, I didn't expect them to hang that close. And I guess, you know, looking again, uh, Sac State 
with a pretty decent road win at Dixie State. You know, Dixie State's in a position. I know they just came up, uh, but, you know, they're going to have good good talent on that team. So Sac State winning on the road is pretty impressive. Nate? I got to go with Cal Poly. Uh, you know, I thought they were going to win this game, but just with the disaster that they had in the spring with Baldwin's first year, you didn't know what they were going to come out of. They were even going to play the rest of the season if they lose this game to San Diego. So I think Cal Poly coming out, putting up 28 um, on San Diego. They closed out the game with 14 in the fourth quarter. You know, they had some success through the air, 318 yards from Spencer Brash. So I think Cal Poly showed me that they're not going to be in that bottom three spot, um, you know, San Diego, obviously uh, a non-scholarship school from that pioneer conference is nothing, you know, try home about for a win, but just Cal Poly getting that W maybe getting some of that confidence for Baldwin is why I said the Cal Poly probably uh, if you call it impressive, impressed me the most out of those bottom teams, just getting that W uh, to start out the season. Coward Poly pick bold move. Kyler, what about you? I mean, it's crazy. I'm even going to mention this because Sac State is, you know, the 2019 running champs. And then we have Portland State, a top four team in the big sky. How are they falling in the bottom seven? Uh, but I think I'm going to agree with Parlay and actually give it to Portland State. And, you know, that's a long distance travel plus three and a half or two and a half quarters. They actually outplayed Hawaii. Um, I mean, yeah, Hawaii got off to a hot start 28 to zero. Then after that, Portland State was actually holding their own. They were starting to outplay Hawaii. Now it's a little later on, you know, the Central Coast time, and that game didn't even start till about midnight. So all I can really look at is the stats for that game. Um, but overall, I think Portland State, yeah, they covered the spread. They played well for their first game, especially in the second half. So I'm going to give them the little bit of award, even though they are a top four team, and that's technically a cop-out pick. All right. Uh, let's – Let's get into the last little question here in our first segment of Around the League. We covered a big week for the Big Sky last week, uh, but we'd be remiss if we didn't start covering a little bit of Week 2 upcoming. Who? What, what game is the most important in Week 2? Nate? I got to go with Sac State and Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa played uh, Iowa State super tough last week. Sac State, we just don't know really what they are in the post-Kevin Thompson era. Uh, they played Dixie State, but I mean, what does that really tell us about it? It's kind of like Cal Poly beating Cal Poly beating San Diego, Tech State with a lackluster win over Dixie State. I think they need to show something if they're going to be in that top. If they do get into that top six or top five of the conference like they were uh, the last full season we played, and we still don't know who their quarterback is going to be. They played two quarterbacks last week. Uh, O'Hara and Dunaway and so we don't know who their quarterback is going to be we don't know who Sac State is are they going to be anything like they were two years ago so that'll be the game that I kind of have my eye on to see uh, you know where the where the Hornets are at for this season. Kyler is it a Missouri Valley Big Sky Challenge game you're picking as well? I mean there's not many important games in week two when you're looking at it um, I think you know Nate brought up a good one uh, and that was probably my pick but I will say Let's also go with NAU versus South Dakota, just because that is another Big Sky Valley team. And that's one of the things with most Valley fans say the Big Sky lacks, lacks depth. So now we're going to see it's, you know, their middle tier to bottom tier team versus NAU, a middle tier Big Sky team, which one is actually going to be able to capitalize and maybe push that conference a little bit, you know, either close, close the gap a little bit or push further ahead. So I'm going to go with both of those are really the only important matchups. But, um, yeah, I'll lean towards NAU versus South Dakota, even though it doesn't have, like, the sexy ranking behind it or anything like that. Parlay, round us out here. Any any games they missed, or do you want to double down on one? Well, the game I'm most looking forward to is what Nate picked, 
uh, Sac State and um, Northern Iowa. However, I think what we need to watch for are the letdown game potentials, and there's two of them here that that uh, pop out at me. The Grizz at home against Western Illinois, going from a high that high, even though this is their first game at home in, what, two years or whatever, that's tough to, like, come back and focus. So if the Grizz can can really take it to Western Illinois, that'll show us a lot. And then Davis, okay? Davis plays San Diego, who always makes the playoffs because they're part of the Patriot League. San Diego's coming off a loss to Cal Poly, who was atrocious in the spring. So Davis needs to take care of business. So I think those two potential letdown games can show us a lot about who's going to be in the top, you know, three or four in the big sky. All right. Let's get into our team drill down here. Uh, I, this was going to be a little weird because we're going to have Parlay representing Montana. Uh, producer Jerry has decided to let Nate have the Bobcats since uh, Parlay. Thank you uh, for that. But yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know how much you're paying Jerry, but he appreciates it. Uh, Kyler, we're going to start with you and your Eags, though. They played first this week, so they get the first first come up here. After their big upset this week, what should Eagle fans like take away from that game? For one, I think Eagle fans should um, take away the big upset part. Um, I, I don't think it's that big of an upset. Um, prior to the game, when it was being announced, I said if Eastern Washington doesn't win this game, they're probably not a playoff team. Uh, when you were watching the game, though, the nice thing is the score doesn't indicate how the game actually went. For the most part, Eastern Washington dominated the game. We had a lot of errors that kept the game close. But the nice thing is we did not completely collapse like the last few years where we couldn't come back. Uh, we were able to, you know, ride it out. Uh, make some plays at the very end to kind of capitalize. So I think the one thing that Eastern fans should take back is maybe the team has a little bit of heart. Maybe the team has a little bit more balls um, where they're not going to completely collapse and not be able to rebound. Uh, but this is a very talented team. we got a really tough road ahead. So I don't know what, what more can you take besides please stop calling it a big upset, Eastern Washington fans. This is, <laughs> this is probably the easiest FBS team that we've played since Idaho back in the day. Sorry, Chris. And then it is probably going to be not even a top four toughest game on our schedule this year. So, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I would say. But it was a sexy Las Vegas win. It was a sexy Las Vegas. Vegas. It was a sexy win. I like it. I'm glad we won. But, yeah, it's not an upset. Didn't that spread actually tick up to one and a half in Eastern's favor? Two and a half? So, it's not even technically an upset. Eastern was favored. That's (laughs) crazy. Uh, All right, Parlay. I, I hope you're ready for this one. Should Montana be ranked number one after their actual big upset under the uh, against the number twenty dogs on Lake Washington? So first of all, I appreciate being the honorary Grizz uh, commentator on this pod. I'm sure people all across Western Montana will be hate listening to this section, um, but I say why not? You know, preseason polls and early season polls are mostly nonsense. Yeah, it's hard to not keep Sam Houston in the top spot after winning the championship and having a big win, or South Dakota State just dominating an F, well, a lowly FBS school in uh, Colorado State, or as Laramie folks call them, the sheep, rather than whatever their mascot is. So, yeah, put the Grizz at number one. They went to Seattle, they knocked off a top 25 FBS school. And the most impressive thing, and quite honestly, the scariest thing for this Bobcat fan, 
is they held them to seven points in the first quarter. I think the first possession. The, they, the Grizz held an FBS school to seven points and zero points for three consecutive quarters. That's got to wake up a lot of people in the FCS, especially us Bobcat fans. So I'd say why not? Put them at number one. The Grizz fans have been saying all summer they're back. It appears they may be. Nate, let's get on to uh, a game that now gets kind of overlooked since the con- some of the conference mates had some some big upsets. Montana State falling just short of pulling off their own, traveling to the road to for- face Brett Vegan's old squad, the Wyoming Cowboys. Um, w- what did you see from Vegan in his first game, and what's different from these Bobcats and the Choke Bobcats? See, I think it's kind of funny is that Vegan started out his career with a with playing up in the FBS just like Cho did. Cho in 2016 against your Idaho Vandals when they were still FBS. And I looked at those two kind of games just to see, you know, what uh, kind of the similarities and where was that. It seemed like Cho probably didn't have the talent that Vegan has right now when he took over the Cats after um, Ash left. And so they didn't play great against Idaho. That was a pretty boring game. They allowed Idaho like 151 rushing yards. Uh, I'm sorry, they allowed Idaho 190-some rushing yards. They didn't look great. They had a horrible quarterback at the time. Is that transfer from Louisville and then Wazoo and then wherever the hell else he was at, a junior college down in Arizona. Vegan came out, has a lot more talent on this team, I believe, but it seemed like that team is galvanized, ready to roll. Their defense was a monster on the, uh, on the rushing attack. They only allowed 151 to a pretty decent Mountain West running back uh, for Wyoming. And another cool thing I thought about it was just seeing uh, how the coaches and players from Wyoming respected him. They loved him when they saw him. You saw a bunch of articles about uh, him coming back. So you can tell he's a real players coach. He really builds relationships with that team. So it's kind of tough to see if he opened up the playbook against Wyoming, what it's going to be like when we get into that FCS competition. But when you compare Choate's first game against Idaho to Vegan's first game against Wyoming, uh, I think, one, this vegan team has a lot more talent. Two, he got them ready to play uh, where they should have probably beat Wyoming. They, it was a weird game um, that I believe they outplayed them for, you know, they did outplay them for the first three quarters and they had a chance there at the end. So uh, it was an encouraging first game for vegan. I think it was a better looking game than Joe had in 2016 uh, when he started off. And, uh, you know, it's going to be fun. And I think we'll get to see the real vegan team when we start playing some FCS competition coming up. And we may not even see it for the first four or five weeks after this until Montana state gets into some of the top tier competition in the FCS, but all in all really encouraging start to the vegan era um, at Montana state. Yep. Uh, moving into the fan favorite, the big sky fantasy builder Parla or uh, sorry, tycoon is not here. Uh, so producer Jerry, I convinced him to let you take uh, Troy Anderson at quarterback. If anybody would like to, or running back or the flex. But uh, first pick, I'm sure that is not going to be the case. I think we all know where this one's going. Quarterback, Kyler. I mean, Idaho's quarterbacks look extremely tough, and, you know, they have a great game coming up against Indiana. Um, No, I'm going to take Eric Berrier playing the powerhouse of Central Washington. This should be a big game. My only concern is maybe he only plays two quarters. But I'm risking it. Eric Berrier, let's, let's try it versus, you know, Central Washington. All right, and second pick, Nate. Who are you taking at quarterback? I'm going with UC Davis's Rodriguez. He had a fantastic game last week. It looks like Dan Hawkins just reloaded at quarterback after Mayer Meyer left, so I'm going to go with Mr. Rodriguez from the UC Davis Aggies. All right, and parlay to round out the quarterbacks, I guess from you guys, and then I'm going to also take quarterback. But 
<laughs> wow. I cannot believe Nate left McKay on the board against Drake. I Now I'm confused. I don't know. You know what? Since I'm the honorary Grizz guy, I'm going Cam Humphrey. <laughs> All right, deal. Uh, there. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, I'll take – I'll just keep it with Brash. We'll go two weeks in a row with Brash, the Cal Poly quarterback. Uh, moving on, running backs. Nate, you have the first pick in this one. This is a no, 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 no brainer. Isaiah Fonse playing Drake. He looked fantastic against Wyoming. Fonse is going to be the leading rusher in the Big Sky this week. Um, so I'm taking uh, my hometown boy. All right, staying at home, Parlay. How about you? Let's see, Alonzo Gilliam against San Diego. All right, and Kyler. Let's see. I'm going to take, you know what? Weaver's playing a powerful team in Dixie. Give me Josh Davis. I think this is a rebound game. All right. Uh, golly, you know what? I think Idaho's just going to try to get out of there by controlling tempo. So I'll take Roshan Johnson, Idaho. All right, moving on to wide receivers. Parlay, first pick for the pass catchers. I need to steal some points from... Kyler, although it's always hard to know who's going to get those points, but I'll stick with tried and true Andrew Boston. All right. And next up, Kyler, who are you taking with wide receivers? I'm going to butcher his name, but I'm going to go NAU's wide receiver, Chuck Moon, whatever, whatever his name is. Mr. Chuck Chuck himself. Yeah, Chuck Munzee. Okay. Uh, Perfect. And Nate? I'm going to double up on my Rodriguez points by taking his number one wide receiver from last week. I'm going to take Jared Harrell. All right. I will go Sammy Akam. So now we're to the flex position here, and we're going to start it off with uh, Kyler. Yeah, just give me Lemu Jones. Might as well take another Eastern Washington guy, try and double up. All right, and then next up, we will have Nate. Well, I got the first touchdown for the Montana State Bobcats this season. I think he's going to get another one this week, and I'm going to go with Lance McCutcheon, a real hometown boy from Bozeman uh, for the Cats. All right, Parlay, who are you taking? Since he's available and facing not a good team, I'm wondering if he's healthy. But I'll take Dennis Merritt, Eastern Washington. All right, Dennis Merritt, Eastern Washington. And I think I'm going to round this one out with, oh, boy. Uh, I will take my boy, Brandon Porter, NAU. All right, so that is our Fantasy Builder segment. That's probably the world's quickest one ever, so. Way to go, us. Uh, Moving on to the showdown round when there's three people and we just have the fastest fantasy builder of all time. All three panelists make it. Round of applause to you guys. Uh, All right, starting off with question number one. With so many eyebrow-raising results, or sorry, with what many would call an eyebrow-raising result, Northern Colorado hung in against the Colorado Buffs. They have Houston Baptist this week. The darling of the fall 2020 fall or season. Uh, what is your score prediction for Houston Baptist versus UNC? Kyler? Oh, man. I haven't even looked. Is this at Houston Baptist? Should I go to this game? 
Uh, it is. Yep. Yep. It's it is. all right. So I will go Houston Baptist 30, Northern Colorado 27. Uh, I'll take, I'll take the win for the, the Houston Baptist parlay. Oh, I'm just doing some last minute research here. And this is going to be a very uneducated guess. Houston Baptist 38. Northern Colorado, 31. Ooh, okay, so right now we got two losses. Nate, are the Bears going to surprise the Huskies of Houston? I'm going to take that upset. We got McCaffrey at quarterback. He looked pretty decent against the Buffs. Uh, I know zero about Houston Baptist. As you know, Bear Tycoon and I boycotted the 2020 spring season, so we know nothing of Houston Baptist. Also, there was the a fall. lot of un- – <laughs> I'm sorry, the fall. They were the fall. See, I don't know Houston Baptist. Anyway, <laughs> uh, there was a lot of unders last week in football, you know, starting out a little rusty. I'm going to go with – I'm going to keep it low on this one. I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to go with the Bears 24, Houston Baptist 14. Okay, perfect. Like it. Last question. See if somebody can rack up enough points to break this stalemate. What is this week's – oh, sorry. No, there's two questions. I totally take it back. Do any of these Big Sky teams that won last week fall into a trap game this week? And if so, who? Parlay? Uh, Jerry just gave you negative two points. but um... <laughs> I've been negative ten points. It's been terrible hosting. So, <laughs> I – I apologize to Eastern Washington fans because part of this is my fault for drafting two of their players in the fantasy builder. But I think they could fall into a trap game after a shootout against UNLV. They're playing Central Washington. I seem to remember a game not too long ago where they were playing down at home and they barely pulled it out. It was just a sluggish, windy game. And I kind of think something like that will happen. Hopefully I'm reverse jinxing it into lots of points for, for my ball players on the fantasy squad wow montana parlay picking central washington during eastern washington's farewell tour hot take nate what do you think um i have to do it i have to go with montana you know they can't get too close to the sun over there in missoula um 2006 i was a student at montana state when we knocked off fbs uh colorado coached by dan hawkins came back the next weekend didn't really even go into the game because we were playing chadron state and Danny Woodhead decided to run all over us, and we lost uh, a week or two weeks right after beating the Colorado Buffs. So it can happen, and uh, I'm cheering. I'm rooting for this to happen, for Western Illinois to come in there and beat the Grizz, uh, you know, melt those wings, have them fall from the sky. And uh, that is my trap game of the week. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not, but I want it more than anything in the world right now. All right, Kyler, you got anybody think- falling into a trap game? I don't see anyone falling into a trap game, but if I had to put a bet down on which one has possibly the best odds, I'm going to say UC Davis versus San Diego. That is kind of a little in-state rivalry. Of course, they're in two different conferences, but the last time they played each other was in 2019, and UC Davis was coming off their historic winning season. They had probably one of the toughest schedules in really the FCS in 2019, and they still struggled versus San Diego. They came out with a three-point win. Um, I don't see Montana struggling. I don't see Eastern Washington struggling this week. I really don't even see UC Davis struggling this week. But if I had to put my money on one game out of there for a trap, I think it's got to be UC Davis just from the history of having that in-state team. That's not a Division II team. All right. Uh, Parlay? 
Oh, no. Sorry. Question three. Negative 11 points for the host. Uh, what is this week's worst matchup? Nate. This one's easy. Uh, we got spoiled with a bunch of FBS, FCS matchups last week. We get spoiled. I mean, we get some decent FCS, FCS matchups this week. Eastern Washington dropping down a level to play Central Washington. Uh, it's just one of those boring games. I hate when Montana State uh, schedules these games. I don't get up for it. I don't really care. Uh, I mean, obviously care how it goes, but I don't think much of it, um, except in 2006 when Chattern State beat Montana State, I guess. But either way, that's uh, obviously the worst matchup. Uh, I won't be watching that one. Eastern Washington was awesome to watch last week, and this week it's just one of those games I'll have to skip over. And it's not because of the Eagles. It's because they're playing a D2 school. Eagles on by, according to Nate, this week. Kyler? What's the worst matchup? I'm going to agree with Nate. And unfortunately, we had an awesome team scheduled on week two. Jacksonville State, we we played them home and home. We scheduled that. They ba- backed out of this deal. They were supposed to travel up to Cheney after we already went down there and paid for all of our money. We're a struggling financial program, and they will not return the trip because they are scared. They are the coward poly of the rest of the FCS. I'm saying it right here. Um, so I do think that's a bummer. I don't want to play Central Washington. Last time we played them, it was not a competitive game. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a bummer. Cool for Central Washington. Cool for their fans. Not cool for anyone else. I'm agreeing with Nate. Parlay, we, we rounding this into a three here, or, or you got another one for us? No, I got a zag because, you know, I'm looking at the schedule. Idaho State at Nevada. I mean, Idaho State just got their teeth kicked in at home against a, an FCS team. Now they're going to Nevada, who is probably the best team in the Mountain West or top two team in the Mountain West. And um, Nevada lost to Idaho State four years ago. So I think Nevada might have a little bit of uh, motivation to just beat them by 40. So that's my pick. All right. Nevada uh, does have Carson Strong, though. That is the one reason I didn't pick that game. Nevada has a <laughs> kind of under-the-radar court, NFL quarterback prospect yep. there that makes that game worth watching to see what he can do. Be a, a day one guy. I kid you guys not. I actually keep score, unlike producer Jerry. I have you guys all tied at 11. Uh, so real quick, score predictions. Idaho versus Indiana. Kyler, go. Um, Let's go. Let's do exactly what they did to Simon Fraser. Let's go 68 to zero. Like the strategy parlay. <laughs> um, Idaho 14 to seven. Wow. Uh, Nate. <laughs> 30, 35, seven Hoosiers. All right. Uh, I really like Parlay's take, but I think Nate's going to be the closest. Nate. Never pays a, to get, suck up. Just get, always be honest. Give us a hot always take, Grant. <laughs> I think we need to get rid of preseason polls altogether. There's two reasons. Montana State, like you said, should, or I'm sorry, Montana, geez. Montana should be ranked number one after beating Washington like they did. There's no reason that Sam Houston State or James Madison or anybody should be ranked above them right now. We should all start at zero, look at the first week, see how it goes, rank them accordingly. It's just like that in the FBS. Who knows if Washington was really a top 20 team? I'm hoping the rest of the way they slide all the way down. They're in the lower part of the Pac-12 just so that we can tell Grizz fans it wasn't that big of a deal uh, like it was in a top 20 team. Uh, Like we said, you know, Washington's probably, you know, after this week, Washington wouldn't have been a ranked team if we started everybody at zero so to me it all comes down to being a huge montana state fan and doing anything i can to discredit anything university of montana does so i'm using my rant here to get rid of preseason polls so we can have real rankings after week one but really all it is 
is really just to try and get under Montana Grizzly fans, get, bring them down a little bit. And like I said, the rest of the way, I will be cheering for every team that plays against University of Washington to hopefully just bring them down to the bottom of the Pac-12 so at the end of the season, we're not hearing about the Grizz fans, uh, you know, romping through the playoffs. They're winning against the top 20 Pac-12 team. Uh, and we can uh, we don't have to worry about that return to dominance hashtag that they always put on their tweets. I, I, I just love that I picked the guy who is going to bag on University of Washington the rest of the way out. With that, we want to thank you guys for all tuning in to Big Sky Big Takes, a joint production of the Big Sky Podcast Network and the Montana Mint. Kyler, tell them how to find you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, whatever you want. I'm probably the only Kyler Neal out there, but you can find me on Kyler EPH on Twitter. Parlay? At Montana Parlay on Twitter, Instagram. You know, there's even some payment apps if you want to send me tips for gambling advice. Venmo at Montana Parlay. Nate, how about yourself? You don't want to look at Montana Parlay's Instagram, trust me. Um, I'm at Minty Takes. Um, Minty <laughs> Minty Takes on Twitter, uh, but you can always find me uh, through the Montana Mint uh, handle as well. And I'm your host today, Chris Hammond. You can find me at Chris underscore P underscore Hammond. Thank you all for tuning in to the first post-episode of the Montana Return of Dominance. I'll catch you guys in the next